Hi, everybody, and welcome to You're the Man Now, Dog, the improv and conversation podcast with me, Dan Lippert. And me, Ryan Rosenberg. It is September. Oh, I started this and didn't even realize you're hearing this on September 11th, 2020. Never forget. forget. No jokes about September 11th. It's not funny, even though it's the only thing. The only time it comes up around comedians is as a joke. It's not really funny. Um... What a good intro. If this is your first time hearing the show, that's what we talk about, <laughs> uh, National Days of Mourning. And today, we're going to be doing that with our guests, Hillary Matthews. Hi, Hillary. Hi. And Zeke Nicholson. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why that is funny. I guess because, like, going from being friends who are just talking and then having to, like, introduce ourselves it feels very weird. I don't know. Yeah, I also said hi, and then there was a pause, and I was like, "Thanks for having me." <laughs> My uh, head. Hi, and and anything nice. Um, I'm. I liked Zeke's little mirror, though. The mirror hey, seemed. Yeah. Thanks, Zeke. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't done. I've done improv like three times in the last six months, so I'm trying to make sure it's all still in there. You know. <laughs> Good classic, uh, yeah. just peas in a pod on that one. Yeah, yeah. There you you go. nailed yeah. a basic human greeting. Thank you. Boy, I did. <laughs> I yes, wish I did. You can improvise. We should do these that are just like, we ask people how long it's been, and if it's been a while, we just go back to 101 scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the park bench where you just sit on a park bench and just talk as you, because here's the thing, guys, you are just funny as you. You're funny as you. And ninety percent of the time, you're still you're going to say something that is offensive, and then afterwards be like, "No, I was just making a joke." And it's like, "Well, you didn't understand the only point of the exercise." <laughs> um, oh, let's see. I had a question and I forgot it, so we will just sit until I figure out the answer. Where were you on September 11th? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. I, it's funny. My flash, into. like. One of my flash memories is somebody being like, yeah, they're going to postpone the release of Spider-Man because the World Trade Centers were in the movie. <laughs> uh, like, I remember that very early on right. being talked about by somebody. Yeah, Isn't that like too early, like like second period? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, it truly yeah. like uh, probably not the, <laughs> that that day, but soon after. That yeah. is such like an interesting thing about that whole time is that like it. I was in seventh grade and it's just like, it's fossilized in your like teenage brain that can't comprehend anything like bigger or broader. And is like, yeah, I just remember being like, Ooh, I hope I can get out of French class early. Right. <laughs> just, um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that feeling of like, yeah, we just got to watch the news in class today instead of doing stuff, which is like, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you maybe just me, but it sounds like you too, Zeke. Like, can't comprehend the 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 actual thing that's happening. Right, hundred percent. I remember like kids yelling stuff in different classes and different teachers reacting to it. Like, someone was like, some idiot kid was like, "It's Iraq," 
And then our, I just remember our PE teacher being like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. For real? And it was like an actual shut up. Yes, but, but he was like a friendly teacher that we all kind of had, like maybe too familiar of a relationship with. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, yeah, nobody knew what was going on. The kids wow. in my school, at least. Yeah. My, my prism through which to view... 9-11 was just like um in the weeks afterwards seeing the amount of of like news and tv that my dad was watching about it and being like oh this is a right. thing which is right. insane on its own and then also um in like compared to today like psychotic like news cycle it's like yeah that was just a harbinger of of these times totally right yeah i uh I'm from like a small town in upstate New York. And so it's like about two hours north of the city. And my hometown is weirdly known for having this. They have like a a functional like World War II aerodrome, like an aerospace kind of like live museum, basically, where they fly these like World War II era biplanes. And so my first thought I remember so clearly is being like, oh, one of the Rhinebeck aerodrome planes, like a World War II biplane had an accident in New York City. Like, uh oh, i couldn't comprehend like right right yeah. oh uh, man a sort of like snoopy and his little thing with this scarf oh no, <laughs> <laughs> <It's all laughs> no. yeah yeah i wish that unfortunately that place i would have never imagined a place like that exists where you can yeah. go watch play is it was it like because in tucson there's like not that many attractions was it the type of thing where you went every year for field trips like when no. you were younger? No, it was like, I remember my grandfather who was a World War II vet taking me and he was like very excited about it. He was like a big sort of like planes, trains and automobiles kind of guy. Um, <laughs> Anything that Candy. gets you there, he loves it. <laughs> That's right. He loves transpo, that guy. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was always like, it, it felt more like I would equate it to like if your town had like a weird petting zoo that was like, how are you still open? This can't be a functional business <laughs> yeah. model and it's not right. open anymore. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of Americana, like, yeah, um, vestiges of Americana. What was your Tucson version of that, Dan? We did, uh, I mean, there is a like Air Force base in Tucson or like a, a thing like that. But the, the thing I was thinking of is we have the Arizona Sonoran Desert Museum which is uh, uh like the like we probably went eight out of my first 10 years in school it was the field <laughs> trip because it was like the only thing to see that you could take a and it's really to. cool it, yeah ryan's been it is very cool we went yeah a picture we went, and it was awesome ryan uh ryan's body like stuck inside a little uh tortoise shell on the ground that's made for like kids to get inside and ryan got no he wasn't actually stuck but <laughs> Thank you, you for know? that clarification. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, do you know that I was born in Tucson? Have we talked about that? No, I don't think oh, so. No. Yeah. What's the story? Uh, my m- mom was getting her PhD at uh, U of A. And uh, yeah, I lived there for about a year before uh, we moved to Austin, Texas, and then ultimately to New York. But yeah, Tucson blood, you know? Yeah, that's. I cool. felt like we had some sort of desert connection <laughs> from day one. Uh, Tucson blood runs hot. <laughs> Isn't that the motto, Dan? That, uh, that would be a great like airport shirt. 
It really would. You could get that on your, oh shit, that was not when we were recording, but I was going to say, uh, that'd be a targeted Instagram ad for you. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah I would buy a Tucson Blood Runs Hot shirt for sure. Everybody, Tucson Blood Runs Hot. Uh, those, um, uh, do you have like hometown pride? I always think people who really love where they're from it, uh, it surprises me, I guess. Like, I like Tucson, but I wouldn't go around bragging about it. I feel like the, the way, like, you know, how Gabrus has, like, a Long Island tattoo or whatever the thing is. Yeah, no. Um, I love my town. I love it. I I am being out in the world and having left and having my mental horizons broadened. I am respectfully way too critical of it. I think it's, I think it's difficult to rep a very small, extremely white affluent town. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you from? Yeah. It's called Orinda. It's outside of Berkeley. It's like a great place. I I see why people want to raise their kids there. The schools are good. Like it's a nice, um, like when I like returned, I mean, I'd been coming back for like years, but like at one point I finally was like, wait a second this is our downtown. Like there it's, they are like the size of a city block. There are like two of them. And I was like, this is crazy. And like, my mom would be like, Oh, you know, you should go to the drugstore now. Cause it's Sunday. So they might be closing, you know, at like eight. And I was like, what? In Los Angeles, you can go to the drugstore at 10 p.m. 10. <laughs> It does feel like that. It does. Uh, People who like really rep their hometowns, I find like are usually from a place that it's, they rep it hard because it's a place that everybody else shits on. Like everyone from New Jersey loves being from New Jersey because they're the butt of every joke. And so like the defense mechanism is to be like, no, I fucking love it. Like Jersey rocks. Uh, (laughs) Right. Hey, well, once there's a website that I still go on called post secret, which maybe you guys remember from like 2005. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a postcard that somebody sent in one time, and it said like it was like a welcome to New New Jersey postcard. And then somebody in Sharpie had written on it, "It hurts our feelings when you make fun of us." <laughs> <laughs> I've clearly oh. never heard of it. I love oh. that. I love the, that's showing tough. the undercurrent of that bold pride. Yeah, it really hurts our feelings when you talk about. I mean, of course, (laughs) of course. If you have that much pride about it, of course, you know what I like. Yeah, yeah. There's a wound there for sure. Yeah, (laughs) that post secrets. What a throwback! I forgot about it. No, it's just one of those. I'm sure that you guys have them too. Just those weird. Not they're not necessarily weird, but like it's strange that you still engage with them. You know, like Ryan and Neopets. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Let me see you. Love me. <laughs> you can't get enough I have of me. Of <laughs> um, I missed that a little bit. All my friends had those little gigapets and neopets, and I don't know why I didn't do I it. Never did it. I guess I didn't care to keep one alive. Well, a neopet. So sorry, I didn't realize that I used such an esoteric example. I think that a neopet neopets was just a website, oh. but okay. a tamagotchi and a nano. Thank you. Yes. were very yes. much a physical object. Yeah. Yes. What was Thank neopets? You. I, meant, I melted. Yeah, them. but you couldn't keep either alive, Ryan. So you know. <laughs> no, I couldn't keep a website alive or a little plastic keychain. Pets.com. <laughs> 
I was, was a real Pokemon head. That was my vibe. And like nice. beyond beyond the time that it was like cool to be into Pokemon, I really held on. I was like, I didn't have room for Tamagotchi or Neopets or any of that stuff because I was like, you know, true to my OG Pikachu, like day one. So um, you what mean like is, what was too old for it? Like I just remember 31? very distinctly. <laughs> like I had this one friend who lived in New York City, and we were I, again lived a couple hours north. And I like every time we would go visit them, they're like these family friends, and I'd be like. Yeah, we would talk about our like Pokemon cards and like share about it. And then one time he was a year and a half younger than me. I remember like getting to his house and being like, dude, I got these new cards. And he just looked at me dead seriously. He was like, dude, Pikachu is dead in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) Vicious. Oh my lord. That probably felt like such a like holistic judgment of you. It was. It was like his birthday party too. And I think I was like about to blow up his spot and be like, dude, let's talk about Pokemon like we always do. And he like pulled me aside and was like, dude, Pikachu is dead in New York City. I'll never Oh my God. It's like a thousand times more brutal that instead of saying Pokemon, he said Pikachu. Like he really like came for like the heart and tender soft soul. Personalized it. Yeah, like, yeah personalized it. Also, like the idea that it's like, hey, you don't know this because you're not from New York City. Yes, exactly. But Pikachu is old, is dead. <laughs> wow, dead. Yeah. Both God and Pikachu are dead as doorknobs. <laughs> what is there to live for at this point? You know, it's all CBGB and whatever else now. <laughs> that was that's like such a that like brings up um, such a clear concept of like you seeing your family friends again after like so much time has passed because like so many awkward moments where you're like we used to know each other for that those two days that we were like (laughs) all of that beach house we really put on like once this um my dad's friend's daughter she like uh you know we like all got together had a day and then she like she tracked down my email address and we're like young. We're like 14, maybe like, I don't even know why I had an email address, but I had one and she tracked it down. I did not give it to her. And she emailed me once. I remember sitting in the computer lab of my high school. I'm like reading this email. And it was like, it was like, Hey, like, do you know, Jeff from survivor? He came to our school today. Anyways, see you later or something like that. Okay. Then the next time that I saw her, I was like, this girl really likes me. So I have to be like super excited to see her. So I was like, oh my gosh, hey. And she reacted to me like I was a freak who had like emailed her about Jeff from Survivor. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, hi. And I was like bamboozled. Wow. <laughs> Jeff from Survivor <laughs> is dead in Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think happened? Do you think she was embarrassed? Or I mean, here's one here's one concept. I completely overestimated my own value to this person. <laughs> That's probably the biggest one. But also, maybe there just was like a lot of time that elapsed or something. Like, did maybe, you respond to her email? I have no idea. I would like to assume oh. that I did, but I don't know. Maybe she was dissatisfied oh, now with your email response. Yeah. Well, I'm saying maybe she was like, oh, I'll do the first olive branch past the weekend. And yeah. she thought you you were like, Ugh. 
No, right. but there's just no way because there's just no <laughs> way. Because I remember being like truly like shocked that yeah. I I like greeted her warmly and she was like way too cool, too cool for school about it. Ugh. That Nothing hurts more. so bad. Yeah. So bad. It's just like a yeah. thing that you just remember yeah. for the rest of your entire life. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try a scene here. Oh, did you have, was someone doing one just now? No. No. Okay, great. Uh, oof. Hey, Hillary, how was the long weekend? Three day weekend. Oh, hey. Yeah, it was great. It was, um, you know, a little, little relaxing, little recreation. What about yours? Uh, it was great. It's, uh, great to see you, by the way. Um, sorry, I didn't, uh, I flagged your, um, email about mm-hmm. John Cryer, uh, mm-hmm. walking past your house. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Sorry, I didn't respond to it. That's awesome. Um, oh, that's fine. I actually wasn't looking for you to respond. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, I just, thanks for the that's notice. That's just kind of like an email just kind of like an informational like a it's almost like a newsletter that i sent to just you as one person oh well uh that's very thoughtful of you and i i I feel like email is so businessy it was nice to Mm -hmm. kind of open the channels there and kind of communicate in different ways because at work it's always just you know planning emails and slacking each other i would love that i love that open uh open door but would you? Because you didn't respond to it. Not that I was looking for a response. Well, sorry. You didn't. I figured it like this would be a thing that we talk about at work. Sorry, I didn't respond. It's it was one of those things where I opened it while I was driving my car and I was like, I shouldn't respond now. And then I left it mm-hmm. on. on yeah. Okay. Um, Hillary, Dan, you guys are here at Coworker Therapy. I'm so excited that you taken it upon yourself to really explore the the breakdowns in your communication. Dan, why don't you start by saying what it was that your coworker who you sort of know lightly socially, but really not much beyond a professional context, what would you say hurt you most about the way she approached you? Um, Well, I felt like I had really opened up after she sent that John Cryer email and (laughs) tried to, um, tried to increase and extend an olive branch in our relationship, especially because I got that promotion um, that we were both gunning for. And I felt a little sure. bit um, <laughs> denied and disrespected uh, after that. Great. And Hillary, when you hear that, how does that make you feel? Um, I guess it makes me wonder, like, are you familiar with John Cryer's body of work? <laughs> you, you, like, what does that mean to you? Why is it, it important like, that you... <laughs> I'm just like, I just, in, in this forced coworker therapy, I just would really ask that Dan put himself in my shoes and you're sitting in your living room. Okay. It's, it's the Saturday of a long weekend. You're not even going to go into work on Monday. Okay. Mm. And you look up and John Cryer, (laughs) Ducky and two and a half men. Walks past <laughs> your window, and you are you are alarmed and excited, and you spin around and eat, Gmail's open on your laptop, and you think, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I have to tell someone about this. I have to tell someone about this." And for some reason, your coworker pops into your head, and you you send an email, you know, 
And then you're waiting and then you just get nothing back. And you were going to go to the beach on Sunday and you were going to go to a barbecue on Monday and you just sit around in your house waiting for a response that never comes. How would that make you feel? Do you mean me? Yes. Well, I guess that would that would really hurt, you know? If okay, I'm, that feels unfair that you're... <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think I'm really getting it. Like, if I'm, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of Charlie Sheen in this situation, um, yeah. ah, you know, like, I'm a masculine man. I'm, I'm the sort of, like, alpha on Two and a Half Men. And John Cryer, mm-hmm. in this scenario, I, I think would be you, Dan. And well. Hillary, you would be the half man. Um, <laughs> I- <laughs> I resent that, but it is profoundly accurate. <laughs> okay. okay, I feel like this is wildly unprofessional. Uh, uh, I, do I even get a chance to respond to this? Or, okay, fine, or do fine. I now have to take care of the therapist's feelings who well, could because would... you placed yourself into her shoes? No, you can respond. Uh... Okay. Well, in this scenario, if I'm Charlie Sheen, you're, no, I'm you're, Charlie, no, you're Sheen. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I'm John Cryer. You're John Cryer. I'm the, the half, half man. man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know the that little half... boy's name, the half man. <laughs> I mean, none of us know his name. The only thing we really know about him is that he negotiated very aggressively late in the show and made a ton of money per episode. Hillary, I feel like you are putting, or a half man, I feel like you're putting your personal issues with rejection on to me i didn't respond to that email because frankly our last interaction and i I felt like i was trying to mend fences but our last interaction on thursday was me saying hey uh um i know it's going to be uncomfortable because i got the promotion ahead of you and you turned your back and said get fucked four eyes and you left and i felt like maybe that john cryer email was was a weird olive branch (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know why. We've never talked about John Cryer. We've never talked about Two and a Half Men. I had to Google John Cryer, to be honest, when you sent the email. Okay. Well, okay, Dan, here's the thing. I am entitled to my feelings about you getting a promotion that I want. That's fine. Okay. I- Okay. I think that the therapist would back me up on this. I'm entitled I to my feelings. Thank you. And I'm entitled to... <laughs> And I am entitled to express them however I see fit, whatever way makes me feel better in that moment. Oh, That's therapy 101. I'm so sorry. Just to continue the metaphor, in this scenario, let's say that the promotion is uh, syndication, right? And that the, the guy, the boss that you were both going after was Ashton Kutcher, who later replaced me, Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. in Two and a Half Men. And, you know, we're all just trying to make it, make it work at the end of the day, but it's about communication. It's about letting those jokes land and connecting with the studio audience. <laughs> okay. I mean, Does that make sense? No. Yeah, okay. And I didn't get, and I didn't get a promotion that I wanted and it made me feel less than myself. It made me feel like a quarter man. Absolutely. So get fucked, Dan. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Look, you know what? From here on out, you and I were only emailing about work, Hillary. And you and I, I don't know that I'm coming back to you for work therapy. <laughs> because I'm looking up and I'm seeing that you got your degree from the, the 
school of metaphor, which I think is not an actual therapy school. And I think you are wedging metaphor in just because you don't know how to openly communicate with us. So why don't, and by the way, I've never had a therapist tell me get fucked on the first day. (laughs) I'm sorry. Listen, I think that therapy is best done when you can clearly take sides in an agreement or a disagreement. Okay. It's couples therapy. You need a winner. There are no there are no ties in the real world, okay? And so, yes, is it a binary choice? Sure, but it helps you come away with a resolution as opposed to this sort of amorphous, you know, ambiguous feeling. So, you know what? Now you guys can go your separate ways. You could never talk again. Dan, I hope you find what you're looking for. And Hillary, I hope you find somebody who appreciates you much like mm, I don't I haven't seen enough two and a half men to really work another metaphor. <laughs> clearly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you're calling the session we're five minutes in. <laughs> I feel gotta, healed. I, I would like to talk about Hillary, by the way, two days after our interaction, Hillary texted me that Dean Kane was on her plane a few years ago. And I responded to that one. I said, Oh, I figured Superman uh wouldn't need a plane to fly. And she left me on red. How'd that make you feel? That stupid ass joke. How'd that make you feel? Okay. Oh, me? Yeah. It yeah. made me feel pandered to. Thank it you. made me feel like it was too little, too late. You know, if you if Dan really thought that me emailing about John Cryer walking by my window was a weird olive branch after I expressed my feelings and told him get fucked for us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I didn't even hear the four eyes part of the first time. <laughs> You're the man yeah, now, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't do it. Um, <clears throat> what didn't you do? Uh, the worked. You're the man now, dog. Into the conversation, like Zeke. Oh, oh, right. right. Well, I'll, you know I'll just what? do it quickly for you. I would just like to say, as the therapist, you're both the man now, dog. And boom. And boom. And live from New York. And, and, li- and live from New York. <laughs> Let's edit the rest of the scenes telling everybody this is SNL. <laughs> <laughs> it's quarantine and this is now what SNL is. Well, they said it, so I guess it is. Yeah, works for me. Uh, but- it's Saturday night and you're the man now. <laughs> <laughs> Musical guest, you're the man now, dog. That, wow, you did that voice very well. That was, that was good. good. You, you, you nailed his like good. ghostly element. It's so <laughs> he does sound like a ghost of the studio at this point, <laughs> right. for sure. Because he's dead too, right? So he is a ghost. Like he is. Yeah, Don yeah. Pardo is, yeah. Daryl yeah. Hammond. Now it's Daryl Hammond, yeah. right? Yeah. What a funny like progression for him to go from like funny impersonator on the show to just voice of the intros. Right. Yeah. But is he impersonating Don Pardo? Mm. Or it's like its own thing. Now? Sort of, maybe. Like, yeah, maybe that's like a I think he used to do it and then maybe they were like, We can't have you keep doing this though. Like it's too weird. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Something's just... a little untoward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. He should do every one as one of his different characters. Yeah. Do one as Bill Clinton. Yeah. yeah. One as, yeah. That'd be nice. I like that. Uh, th- sometimes it occurs to me in the middle of a scene that I've never worked in an office. And I'm like, I, my only Have office specific. Have you ever worked so like, in an office once in your entire life? No, because all my jobs were like service industry jobs. Oh. 
I couldn't be I couldn't be bogged down by the nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Does it appeal to you? Like, is there a small part of you that's like, I wish I had that? Not an inch of me. It it's like it couldn't be more the opposite of what is interesting to me, I think. Yeah. Uh, like the same thing every day f- feels very difficult for my brain. For sure. I took to it more than I thought I would. I had not like I'd had internships where I was there like a couple times a week. And then, yeah, then like in getting my first writing job was like going to an office every single day, five days a week. And I was like, it does. It starts to feel like home a little bit. Like you kind of there's a comfort to it that develops in a way where I think writing is the perfect. It's like six or eight months at a time and then you can leave it behind. I don't know that I would want to do it for like, yeah. Right. indefinite indefinitely like that would be really hard but it is nice to be like oh this is my snack kitchen like i know where the butter's at for my english <laughs> <laughs> that is also a nice element of like six to eight months it feels like a project and then a break and then a project so you're not totally stuck in the thing that maybe we're scared of a little bit or whatever yeah, absolutely yeah, i also have to say that i was one of the times that i worked in an office was as a pa for a writer's room and so I can shed a little bit of light on Zeke's, you know, situation, which is that it is the cushiest job in the entire world. <laughs> it's true. It is. What show did you work on? I worked on a show called Covert Affairs, starring Piper Parabo on USA. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was funny because I almost got fired in like two days because it's like actually kind of hard to get a mass lunch order. Correct. Yeah. And it's it's really hard. And I like, um, got like, not in like a mean, scary way, but just kind of like a, Oh, Hillary, can I speak with you for a second from the like showrunner's assistant? And I was like, no, no, wait, sorry. That's the entire point. I asked to speak to her for a second. Because I was like, I'm getting fired. And so I was like, can I speak with you for a second? And then I was like, I just want to let you know that I know that I fucked up. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I, this is like not okay. And there's like a learning curve. And I'm like really trying to like do it. But like, yeah, I, I messed up. And later on, she told me that I like completely took her by surprise. Because she was like, I was going to have that conversation with you. And then I like didn't. <laughs> I, like, totally <laughs> caught great. off guard. Because <laughs> she like did it first. Um, but I ultimately just like didn't care enough about that job. So like a PA writer's room, a PA in a writer's room is also an extremely cushy job. And I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. And I was like taking mass quantities of groceries home. And I was just like, oh, this job. <laughs> there, I had the same experience, but it also hurt to be like so close and so far at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like serving yeah. all these writers and being in a in a place where like, they're not mean or rude, but there's just an, they automatically don't respect you. Cause they're like, thanks for the food. Now we need to work. And it's yeah. like, oh, but I want to do that work, yeah. not this work. And that was really hard for me. Like, what hard show did to you like. work on? I worked on a few. I worked on um, Smallville, the Superman show. And then just for the last Wait. season, it was great. Oh Everybody God, there was I super nice. Fucking everything. Tell me everything. <laughs> it was great. I got to Smallville meet. Smallville is my other name? Pokemon. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I got to meet what's the what's the Superman guy's Dean name? Kent. Tom uh, Welling. Tom Welling. That's Clark right. Kent. You know, Clark Kent. Yeah. Now, uh, um, and then I worked on Save Me, which was like an Anne Hayes show, and then like a Sundance show for like two minutes. Was there but, any say, talk on Smallville about the actress that's in the Vow? 
Yes, the, the, yes, that was my the one in the cult. Question. Oh, oh yeah, Nixium, Nixium, right? Not really. I remember, like, after I left, I saw something in the news or whatever, and I was like, "Whoa, that's the person who worked on this show." But no, it wasn't because they shot in Vancouver, so uh, we didn't really. But we, the writers' office was in LA, so if you weren't like on the video calls, you just had no interaction almost mm. so it was a c- cool job in that way and that like we were just our own office and nobody was ever on set they had to like fly to wherever so our office was like more officey and less productiony i guess mm-hmm. but zeke was hoping that you would be like oh my god yeah that one time that i interacted with her i, I forgotten about this she branded me <laughs> yeah. like a hot iron <laughs> it's so crazy it's like are you guys watching that docuseries Uh, it's fantastic if you're not it's on hbo they've just done three episodes it's so so interesting but it is like honestly to make the to make a metaphor it it's like watching somebody that was like had a i just like watched that show when i would get home from school because it was always on and i was like really just into it and it is like it feels like a weird part of my childhood and then you're watching like a person who even on that show is like spunky and like really accessible. And then you're like, Oh, and she's part of a sex cult. Like is is like, it's nuts. And, and you, they do a good job of sort of like tracking the, the way that it's like, it appeals. It's, it's the organization before it gets to the crazy shit is like, it's about ethics. And it's about like, you know, filling the hole that all of us feel. And especially like for Alison Mack, it's like that she feels coming out of 10 seasons on a show that she was like in Vancouver and Hollywood and she feels unfulfilled. And it's like, and then it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Um, but I'm so like, I just want to know everything about it. She's yeah. It's crazy. I I recommend it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. Uh, why are cults so fascinating? Like, because there's so many documentaries about them, and I've watched a ton of them. I'm, I finally, like, I think burned myself out on them because the, mm-hmm. the arc seems to be the same on all of them. Um, That's true. But, uh, like, what is it just because everyone seems so weird or because they seem so normal? Is it like, I could never do that? Or like, it's oh, wow. It's both, yeah. right? You're like, it's like a there but for the grace of God go I. But really, it's actually you being like, oh my God, I would never. See, no, see, I would never do that. I would never go. You know, it's like you feel, you also feel like you feel safe <laughs> <laughs> sitting on your I think couch. That's it. Right. 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 It's definitely both this and Wild Wild Country. I've had the same, I think it's that arc that you speak of. It's like the first episode or two, you're like, yeah, I would I would do this shit. It's about like sustainable agriculture and like finding community and like being free <laughs> from the bonds of like corporate America and like just connecting with people and accepting all people. And then it's like inevitably the the power of whoever is like in charge of it right. gets corrupted into some weird sex shit. <laughs> it's like, then all of a sudden he rolls in in a Rolls Royce and is yeah. like, the whole thing is sex with me. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? I thought it was farming. Now, now, Ryan, did you just say in a Rolls Royce or on a Rolls Royce? Because I think maybe I heard either one. That's really compelling. Right, just on the hood. Riding yeah. on top. Yeah. Holding on bog to one. Yeah. <laughs> it is always fascinating because like at the end you're of course like how could this have ever happened 
but it is fun to watch them like materialize a little bit because it always starts as a small thing. And like everybody's like, of course, the end product nobody would allow. But I think that's the weird thing is like, how did this come to fruition? How did this, yeah. how did, where did people get tricked, I guess, or, or whatever that is? Because mm-hmm. it seems so- like, oh, everybody knows not to join the final version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But they step uh, it out you and you're like, you get more and more comfortable with each like incremental addition right. of weirdness. And you're like, okay, but I already did that other weird thing. So now I guess I got to right. do this new weird thing and suddenly. Right. Yeah. You got a brand and you're, uh, you're not on Smallville anymore. Right. <laughs> <You know>? to... <laughs> we're, we're not on Smallville. <laughs> um, well, let's do. Let's hear a little voicemail. How about it? Um, that sounds wonderful. We'll, every once in a while, for our new listeners that don't know, we'll listen to a little voicemail from one of our listeners and do a scene off of it. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, the phone number is eight one eight four six five eight six five six. A while ago, we did a call for voicemails about service industry stories. That's all we have now. So if you have other stories, feel free to leave those too. But thanks for all of them to everybody. Um, So here is a voicemail. Hey, guys. uh, This is Jake. Love the podcast. Um, This is a dumb story, but maybe there's a scene in there somewhere. So uh, I was living in Shanghai. I lived there for a couple of years. Um, I like to smoke pot a lot. It's not really quite legal over there just yet, exactly, um, but you can get hash. Um, a lot of Uyghur folks, it's that they live out in the West, there's a whole genocide thing going on. Anyways, the, you usually get it from them. And uh, I found the Connect, you know, I met up with the guy, a um, couple hundred bucks worth of hash, and, you know, I was walking down the street trying to be all cool and do the swap, and I dropped the cash and my passport, a couple hundred bucks of U.S. dollars, so it's quite a bit of um, cash. And I look, and they're actually sitting right in front of the police station <laughs> in this busy, busy street in Shanghai. And this guy I'm with is just looking like me, like, what the fuck, dude? You're going to get get me killed or something like that. Um, anyways, uh, it seems like I was lucky nobody noticed. I was able to pick everything up and you know finish things. I went my own way. But suffice to say, it did not help with my paranoia, although that's probably my own fault. Anyways, another stupid thing I've done. Might be sort of silly. Um, stay with you guys. Anybody have a scene for it? If not, we can chat about it. I think it's funny that they were supposed to meet in front of the police station in yeah, the first Yeah, why were they place. meeting so close to? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares yeah, maybe, about dropping the money? Maybe that, maybe that drug dealer was actually just like um, a police informant and then felt so bad that he was like, you know. He just bungled it so hard that he was like, all right, here's the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you another shot. Let me give you another shot. I got to catch you respectfully. <laughs> all right. So um, when he walks right in front of the police station, we'll come out to arrest him. The code or the signal is that you drop all of your stuff. And so we want you to set up that you're a little klutzy early on, just so it doesn't look like a surprise, you know? And Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't want to look too professional or else it'll... Right. But then you guys are going to storm out, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, it take a while to pick the stuff up because the, you know, our storm crew is not... It's a little more of a skeleton storm crew because we've been working on a lot of different deals and everything like that. Uh, right. But, yeah, just... Uh, the main thing I think is really setting it up contextually. So he doesn't 
get suspicious of the drop, right? No, totally. And I'm doing that work. I just want to make sure you guys are going to storm out this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if it, you know, I can only be convincing so many times. Well, look, we recruited you from clowning school. So this, the, we did a very, very yeah, intense Paris. Uh, uh, European clown recruitment for some Thank of you. our, because people were getting on to us for all our classic ways, you know, code word into right. the microphone, whatever. Right. I just do it right into the nose. Now. Unfortunately, we recruited a lot of our crew from clown school and they're a little <laughs> slow on the uptake for the stings. So we are working on that. Hey, as well. well, we're all really smart. So I think we're going to figure this out. Okay. We are going to figure this That's out. Right. And I've been working for, with everybody on using a little more language and not going so in depth into their archetypical character when they're doing the arrest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Language is hard for some of us, but okay, let's go for it. Let's okay, do it. Great. All right. Here it comes. Here it comes. Hey man, how's it going? How's it going? Good. How's it going? You want to do the deal? Let's do the deal. Yeah. Um, can I get a, a pound of hash and a, a half pound of the um what else you got? Yeah, yeah, you can get that. Yeah, hang on. Let me just go into my bag here. Keep lookout, all right? Keep looking. Hey, can I ask you a question? Sure. Why are your shoes red? <laughs> Why you got red shoes? These are because these are these are just fashionable. That's all. They're fashionable. Mm -hmm. Let me pull out the hash here. Pull out the hash. Excuse me. Sorry, it's too loud. Can I get a? <laughs> oh god! Oh god! It's falling out. Oh no! Oh. It's falling out of the bag. Oh! oh. oh. I'm slipping on it. Oh. I'm slipping on it. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yes, I'm killing. Yes. Wow. It really looks okay, so like, you, like you were going right? to fall over, but then you did it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm glad you noticed that. I went to. Um, <laughs> uh, let's do the rest of the deal. All right. Can I get a half pound of ground turkey? <laughs> I know what you mean. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely. Okay. Half pound of ground turkey. Absolutely. Yep. Hash. And no, I, already got, here. I already have a pound of hash. I want a half pound of ground turkey. Okay, let me get you the ground turkey here, and I know what you mean. I see you winking at me. I think it's underneath my handkerchief here. Okay. Oh, why is it so long? Play the music. You got whoop, so many. Whoop, it looked like one, but there's many more. That's right. That's right. And the colors. And there is your ground turkey. Thank you. Wow. If you will. If freeze right Can there, I... you are under arrest for, by me. <gasps> Unfortunately, I am an alcoholic yes. cop, so it's going to be hard to get to you. <laughs> Good storm. That's right. You're mm. under arrest, punk. Oh, what do you mean? I've slipped. You're my name a... is Marcel, and you are under arrest. But you were so funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's part of the gag. I'm a clown cop. A clown cop? I've never heard of anything like that. Oh, I'm going to have to tell the whole criminal underworld about you. Well, don't let him get away to say that. <laughs> you better uh, not. You go. better not. I'm running. Oh, I'm running away. Oh, no, my handcuffs. They are alcohol by accident. 
<laughs> and I'm slipping on the hash again. All right, everybody, oh, we have been made again. Um, so <laughs> I want to. Uh, I just want to work on this. You're our. You're our new sting crew. Okay, we are doing our best on these drug deal stings. Uh, but I do want to discuss, I guess, um, how deep into character we're getting uh, and how entertaining we're being. Um, does anyone know where I'm going with that? Yeah. Um, you need us to be more in character and more entertaining. Okay. No, it's the opposite. It is the opposite. I, I okay. commend you for speaking up and volunteering to guess, but that it is the exact opposite. Um, I am but a tree. I am a tree rooted in the ground uh-huh. and blowing in the wind. So do we all understand how being a tree rooted in the ground, blowing in the wind might make it difficult to maybe catch a perp if they're running away? Mm. But this but- is how they walk right up to me. Sure, but then once they move on, what happens? Let's say they... I am a tree rooted in the ground. <laughs> right, exactly. Blowing in the wind. Exactly. And <laughs> I, I, I even... I, my grasp of clowning is not as good as it could be. I didn't know we could even play trees in clowning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> Agreed? <laughs> Your grasp of clowning is not up to snuff for this crew. Oh, okay, look... <laughs> We're doing our best here. I will say we've been trying to mix the creative arts and law enforcement uh, in several different ways because we are a little too, we don't think outside of the box, okay? So I do want to work on this. Maybe you could be more of a tumbleweed than a tree. Is that possible? Very interesting. (laughs) Okay. Is it possible? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I would like a yes. Uh, Uh, Chief, can I just say something? Sure, Claude. Listen, I just want to say I'm ready to go undercover, all right? I got an ultimate impenetrable cover. It's a comedy and a drama mask. And once I put it on, they won't even know who I am. <laughs> okay, Claude. They won't know. <laughs> Do you, can I maybe discuss with you what um, if potentially, if someone was doing a drug deal, they would probably want to see the person's face that they were doing the deal with so that they could tell the difference. Does that make sense? Uh, or they could tell I mean, it, make, it makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, how am I going to show the breadth of emotion that I got inside of me? You know? Look, when we, I'm up, I'm down. I'm happy, I'm sad. And everything in between. I am noticing like a thread of a lot of the people that went to this clown school in Paris. You're all kind of from, it looks like upper middle class uh, families, uh, West Coast, kind of San Diego, Orange County families here. Uh, uh, Danbury, Connecticut for me. Okay. Oh, sorry. I was opposite <laughs> coast. Uh, you nailed me. OC, OC for life. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a weird little tattoo. OC doesn't really have a notable shape that you got there. Uh, well, uh, in addition to the mask, I think one thing that I'm noticing on that mask, Claude, is you don't have a lot of peripheral um, there, and it's even covering up a lot of your eyes. Like, can you see what I'm doing with my right hand right now? Yeah, you're putting it in your butt. <laughs> no, I'm is not. That right, he got you. He got no, you. I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> you didn't get me. I'm not doing you that. Yes, you no, are. No, you yes, you are. Yeah. I, 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 got you. My, I was holding up three fingers. I was not putting my hand in my. You are. Where was the other hand? 
<laughs> this is the most frustrating crew I've ever dealt with. I will say that right now. Okay. I was not asking to be paired with this group, but we are here. Okay, Claude. My hand was not up my butt. I was holding up three fingers and I, I'm going to ask for a little more respect. Okay. I don't know if they teach you respect for your uh, commanding officers in clown school, whoever that would be, but here you respect. Um, I mean, all right, fine. I think I have a mask that expresses respect. I'll put it on. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. This That's the long pervert mask from Eyes Wide Shut. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> There's no respect there. <laughs> if you end up at a sex party, we, Undercover will use that. Okay. Now, uh, 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 Claudette? Um, uh huh. <laughs> so we're already getting to our issue here is I'm going to need you to communicate beyond uh, grunts and sounds. Uh, <laughs> I agree with her. Well, yes, too. you're making me it too. The only things you know how to do are the little sad hands in front of your eyes and then the the big angry fist shake. Oh, and the frown. I forgot about the frown. <laughs> It just doesn't give you enough breath. No, no, zero. Oh, she does zero. Yeah, that's right. And the head Uh-oh. of <laughs> there's a bunch of balloons pulling her away. <laughs> Why did you pull the balloons towards you just to have them lift you Au away? Those are the same imaginary balloons that got you shot by the head of the Arturo crime family, okay? You were not able to escape or capture any of them with your rope. Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah, we were all a little sad you got shot and we got away. <laughs> I, I do feel that way. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> that was wonderfully visual. That was great. You leaving the box. That was yeah, great. anyone who's just listening to this, wow. I mean... <laughs> Get fucked for get us, fucked. you know, if you're just like... <laughs> <laughs> If you don't want to get fucked, you can always go to patreon.com backslash you're the man now, dog, and become subscribers to our Patreon. If you do it in September, which is our one-year anniversary month, you will be able to sign up for a free mask with our logo on it, which we'll be putting signups for and mailing out, I'll tell you what, as soon as possible. Um, so feel free to join. We're also putting up special episodes every Friday for our higher tier patrons, uh, episodes, especially for them. We, uh, just released our Paul F. Tompkins and Darcy Carden episode last weekend. We've got plenty more coming this month. So check those out. That's my little mid episode promo or three quarters of the way through the episode promo. Beautiful. How'd I do? That's really good. Thank you. All the info. Thank you. Um, Zeke, and I'm sorry to leave you out here, Hillary, but you can join the conversation. Uh, it's going to be about basketball. I really miss playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Uh, I miss mostly playing one-on-one with Hillary in the backyard. You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what, um, it is, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, it is, it's the one, I think that this seems crazy to say, but I think it's like the most emotional disruption of quarantine for me. Like, really? Yeah, it was, it just was such an anchor to my week for the last few years. And it's like mm-hmm. a time to, to, you know, to socialize and a time to, to get some exercise. And now it's gone. And who yeah. Knows yeah, it's truly therapeutic. It's like you go run, get all tired, but also with your friends and it's great. It also makes me feel like a kid. 
Like I used to yeah. love playing it as a kid, and now I'm like, oh, I only have adult stuff now. I have to like take care of myself and sit in my house. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's not fun. I think that you guys should wear your exact same uniforms and just start playing tennis mm. with the same kinds of moves and uh, <laughs> verbal ejections that you would you would have during your typical basketball right scrimmages moves and what was the second one verbal typical verbal ejections. ejections? <laughs> We are verbally ejecting people from the gym all the time. Typical verbal. Tennis ejection. is a great idea for uh, for us to still be around each other and get a little competitive. Yeah, You're right. That is. That's good. Have you done uh, any Hillary. tennis, Hillary? Or any not other? at all. No. Did- I, I mean, I took I took like two weeks of lessons in sixth grade, but no, I haven't brought it back during quarantine. Okay. Were yeah. you uh, athletic at all? Not profoundly, deeply. No, like. <laughs> Cycled through all of the um, like children's leagues, you know. I was actually I was the best at basketball for probably like in third grade for like half of a season because girls are socialized to be very very polite, and people didn't understand yet that those rules are suspended when you are on the basketball court. Mm. And that actually, instead of it being mean for you to rip the ball away from somebody who was holding it, it was cool and mm-hmm. it was praiseworthy. <laughs> so I was ahead of the curve on that for like, yeah, so I don't know, six months. <laughs> and then um, everyone's skills, you know, vastly exceeded mine and mine plateaued. And that was the end of that. <laughs> But I was nicknamed Bulldog by one coach. Whoa, Bulldog. Ooh, that's cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the don't, maybe a next kid. Time, don't leave me out of the basketball conversation, Daniel. For real, <laughs> Bulldog can hang. <laughs> there, and there is that uh, impolite behavior that is not expected societally from a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought this so up, Dan. It. I wanted to bring it up again as well. <laughs> When I was a kid, I, I don't know why I thought this was important, but I was like, what tattoo would I get if I were to get a tattoo? And the thing I always landed on was a bulldog. Oh, you- really? I just thought that would be cool, like tough and cool, I guess. I was like, just a bulldog right on my arm. And I'm like, so not <laughs> that personality <laughs> type. So it would feel really sad. But maybe if it was like a lazy bulldog. Yeah. I, I think I a don't know. bulldog. I think you could pull it off. Yeah, I'm with Hillary. I think a bulldog tattoo would be Thank awesome you. on you. Thank you. I uh, was very, very, I almost, I really wanted to go to Georgetown University, whose mascot is a bulldog. And um, that's it. That's my connection to bulldogs. <laughs> I love it. Hoyas. Uh, Hoyas, I baby. do feel like they, um, th- they used to, like, because in your mind, you, you were saying they kind of had a badass mental, uh, like a connection, Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. But like now I think bulldogs have come around with like Instagram and like internet cuteness. And they're kind of mm-hmm. like one of the more cute dog accounts you could follow. Yeah, so that's true. my association with a bulldog. Yes. Did you know that bulldogs are, in order to get them looking the way that they do now, they are so inbred that they cannot be birthed naturally. Oh, really? So, they're yeah, what, their heads and shoulders are too big. So when you have a, a bulldog mommy that's pregnant, she needs a C-section. Isn't that? Oh, oh my god. You know, there. I used to follow an Instagram account that was like wrinkly pups or something like that. And like, 
they, you know how the internet will take to doing things that are satisfying for people and, you know, like cutting soap with a wire or whatever these like weird yeah. things where we see them and we're like, yeah. And so these people, I think they would like take their bulldog puppies and like pull out their like little furry rolls and mm. kind of like moosh their faces. And like, it did start to feel a little icky to me. <laughs> like, felt like a little voyeuristic in a way where I was right. like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I feel like once you know that something is purely for views, it lost any sort of like magic that it had. Like, oh, you're not playing with a bulldog. You're doing the like 115 face stretch. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> as soon as I realize that somebody is cutting soap for my viewing pleasure instead of just like their pure desire and schedule on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're, you're more imagining- about the purity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's same right. with art. It's all the same for you. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, I used to follow one of those things that was just called mixing paint. And they would just squirt like several different kinds of paints and slowly mix it. And you just watch all the different colors that happen. And it's very cool. Yeah. Why did you stop following them? I got a little tired of the mixing of the paint. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> you decided to take a hard stance that colors should just stay with their own colors. And uh... yeah, you know what I found was cool? Actually painting. <laughs> Not just making brown every time. <laughs> uh, it is that, that colors mixing with colors thing. Like sometimes I will just be bored and I'll go into the comments of some weird niche thing. And it's crazy that every single like element of the internet has its own section where they get into arguments about like politics and racism like someone no matter it could be a little club of smushing bulldog faces but somebody in the comments will like say something racist and it'll like throw the whole thing off uh and it is insane that (laughs) that that is what the internet is wow yeah how do I mean? It's almost you almost have to hand it to them. I don't know how you figured out a <laughs> something racist yeah. to say about humans on this cute video of a bulldog puppy, but you did it. It is like that tendency. It's just like that. I think there's, you know, hopefully none of us are racist here, but like there is a. It's like you understand that like the this very human like drive towards like entropy and chaos of like what happens if I just throw a grenade into this barrel and so it's just like people being like knowing that they have the power to just like create a storm and then just like sitting right. back and watching the world burn um we, we've all wanted to do that in some way you know <laughs> and with the internet you don't have to actually be there for it you just right. go like oh let me piss all these people off and still just be in my house yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a- on my couch looking at my window waiting for john crier to walk back <laughs> oh <laughs> Hi, Hillary. <laughs> what was? Did you guys see that that, that news item about John Cl- Matt Gates? That um, is he a senator or House congressman? Uh, he's a House uh, rep. He said something about John Cryer, and then John Cryer had to defend his work on Two and a Half Men. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a I, mean, I assume world. that's why Dan brought him up. But it'd be so funny if he was like, no, it's this. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know. That must be why John Carr was somewhere in my mind. But this happened, I mean, time feels impossible now, but this, I feel like this happened like three days ago. So, yeah, yeah I saw it on Twitter back and forth. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. I was really disappointed when I read it because I felt like the bad Floridian politician bested John Cryer (laughs) in the end. It's in a way, I don't, I didn't see the whole thing, but it's like John Cryer was like, you brought up whatever Nazis on state, like whatever the point John Cryer made was. And Matt Gates was like, uh, does anyone even watch John Cryer stuff? And it's like, I noticed you didn't respond to the thing about how you interact with Nazis. Like, yeah. <laughs> but instead, he, I mean, John Cryer um, took the bait and was like, oh, nobody watches Two and a Half Men. Is that, or he was like, Two and a Half Men fell off after Charlie Sheen That's what left. It was. And he was like, is right. that why I got an Emmy afterward? <laughs> right. Right. Then pretty disinterested in your first thing all of a sudden <laughs> what happened to the nazi stuff <laughs> yeah, now exactly. we're just talking about how good you are at acting <laughs> what's going on man what are you here to say huh. well me and ashton kutcher won an emmy in this political <laughs> argument that's my guy. and he is like so hot <laughs> agree <laughs> agree agree um what do we think one more voicemail yeah, let's do yeah. one more voicemail. Anyone has a scene on John Cryer poning somebody? No. Uh, Just for later. fiction. That's for my private. <laughs> right. I'll be writing that later. Uh, whoops, I played it too early. I'm going to try again. Hey, Dan and Ryan and guests. This is Seth from Nashville. Um, big fan. Love you guys. I've turned so many people onto the teacher's lounge and now I'm working on getting them on the, the, the dog man, man, dog. Um, so service industry stories. Uh, I worked for a time at a, a Nashville, like fine dining ish Italian place. And we had this back room that was very separate, kind of sequestered from the rest of the restaurant. Um, I was working back there with another server, kind of splitting everything up. And we pretty much just had uh one i had a massive bachelor party and then uh she had a massive bachelorette party and the the hor- the most horrible possible outcome happened at the end of their meal everyone was completely wasted and the two parties combined at the prodding of like the the bachelors and bachelorettes that the bachelor and bachelorette should um do body shots off of one another. So yeah, just fine dining, like not, not, not like white linen level fine dining, but pretty, pretty fine dining. And they're like taking turns lying down on the bar top and taking shots out of each other's belly buttons. Uh, and it was just, uh, it was just a nightmare. It was the, the worst, worst possible thing. So, um, yeah, I, I just thought that that might inspire something of, you know, Two, two massive storm systems coming together and wreaking <laughs> havoc. And oh shit, I'm burning my omelet. I gotta go. Love you guys. Bye. I'm burning my omelet. Was how that end? <laughs> <laughs> I love making that call mid egg yeah. fry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Yeah. It is like funny. Uh, I mean, obviously the fine dining part, but also I feel like the bachelor bachelorette party vibe is like, yeah, you get a stripper or whatever in, in the like broadest version of it. But I don't think you do body shots off of like other, you don't like get into the part where it it's becoming like a potential romantic interaction. Right. Or am I crazy? You're certainly not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that that's, what's so funny is that like those, 
things are usually, um, I don't know about the real world, but my cultural conception is that it's like, it's like, oh, uh-oh, a bachelorette party. Oh, uh-oh, a bachelor party. But like the idea of these two drunken firestorms meeting, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the like inebriated yin and yang. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's a really fun idea. <laughs> Hi, uh, hey, we're here for Mark, Party of Twelve. Um, okay, Mark, Party of Twelve. Yes, we have your reservation, and this is the um, the bachelor party? Awesome. Yes, it is. Yeah, I have the 11 guys waiting outside. Great. You don't want to see them in here. <laughs> um, they're, yeah, they're hi. They're raring to go. Okay. Hi, hi. Sorry to interrupt. Um, hi, it's Kelsey, Party of Twelve. Oh, Kelsey, Party of Twelve. Then that's the, that's the bachelorette party, right? That's right. I've got 12 girls Whoa. outside. And, oh, sorry, 11, and they're fucking wild. And ready to rumble. And whoa, so, that is crazy. Uh, I'm here with twelve hot guys having a bachelor party. No fucking way. When are you getting married? <laughs> Tomorrow, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, me too. Hi, I'm the manager here. Um, let me just. Um, uh, we're gonna set up your tables, and um, uh, I'm just gonna quickly uh, ask to speak to uh, Dan. Dan, if you could just step aside. With me. Oh yeah, sure. Um, the manager asking to speak to someone else is unusual. It's usually someone speaking to the manager. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, yes. Well, if this situation calls for it, we cannot let these parties get involved with each other. Do you understand me? Should we just make it one big party of twenty four? Oh, I'm sorry, I excuse me, sir. Idea. I was trying to speak <laughs> to my employee in private. Yeah, no, and we were I was just speaking uh to Kayla, was it? Um Kelsey. <laughs> okay, I was way off. Um well, it's gonna be one big party at twenty-four and we're just gonna roll uh, together. I, I'm sorry, Ooh. but my manager just informed me that the that um that's actually not possible tonight. But why? Has this happened before? Yes. This has happened before. Haven't you ever heard? Haven't you ever heard about the reason that there's the giant hole in the wall? <laughs> no, no. The whole, the, nobody ever talks about the hole. I've always wondered. Really? You've always wondered? Yeah. You hey, we it. just noticed a big, like, sort of indoor-outdoor space. Is it cool if we just sort of take that? No, that's actually not a passageway. That is a mistake. That oh, happened in my guys are playing around in there. I mean, it's it's fully open. <laughs> well, yeah! <laughs> It's on both sides of the wall. I'm inside of outside. <laughs> oh no. Okay, this is not um I mean they don't right. see they seem look, what are the odds it's gonna happen again? They seem relatively harmless. That one guy's just excited between jumping between two different temperatures, I guess. I don't even know. <laughs> it's right, you can you do that me? anywhere with a door. <laughs> I don't know why it's so unusual to him here. But hey, uh, look. Dan, if you want to take on this responsibility and the damage that's done, you are going to show up and you are going to fix it and it's going to come out of your wages, then be my guest. Look, and if it goes well, you can have all the tips. I was going to say, I mean, over parties of 20, tips go up exponentially. It's the tip Richter scale. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would love to try to take this on. I think I can handle it. All my other tables are chill tonight. Okay. I'll just keep it. I'll keep All it right, guys. I just want to do a cheers. I just want to do a cheers to everybody in the party. I'm so glad that Kelsey Woo! and I's That's party <laughs> and I's party joined together. And yeah. I think this is going to be a memorable night for everyone. Now, Woo-hoo! who wants to shard off with a butthole shot? Shard off. Shard off. Shard off. Shard off. Shard off. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who wants to shard us off with a butthole shot, y'all? No, bitch. I will shard right on off with a butthole shot. Give me that Patron right in the rear line, baby. Okay. Okay, everyone. I think I've uh, already think I've overextended Okay, my man Kyle stepping up to the plate. Looks like he wants to take a sip. Uh, just everybody, before okay. I serve, before I serve all these shots, I just want to clarify. Feel free to take the shots, but I promised my manager that you wouldn't make too much of a mess. So, could we skip the shirt part? Uh, I don't know that that's even fun Art or sex. Inside, outside, shirt. Oh, you got a little on both sides of the wall. I'll tell you what. Once I take this liquor in the butthole, there's going to be two different temperatures on it. <laughs> My girl is crazy tonight. <laughs> yes, Brittany. Yes. I can't wait. I want to go second. I, I just, I just waxed. I want to do the second butthole shot. All right. I'm I'll take one and I'll one. give one. Oh, love it. Okay, here we go. All right. So again, the, I'm pretty sure that the way this works is we pour a shot into a shot glass. I put it into my butt and then the person comes along and slurps it out. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know my boy Nick is starving. Hey. Look at you, you little hungry, hungry hippo. Get over here. This might eat the lime. Listen, you guys, here's why this is absolutely the move. It's because after tomorrow, Kelsey and sorry, what's your name? Duran. Oh wait. Sorry. <laughs> okay, Duran, it's nice to meet you. But I was talking about the groom. Oh, Kyle. Okay, Kyle. But Duran, you and I are gonna talk later. Yeah, we <laughs> are. Out here tomorrow. It is the last time ever tonight that um Kelsey and Kyle they'll never be able to do a shark shot out of somebody else's butt other than their spouse. Oh my gosh, one shark shot butt for the rest of your life, y'all. Oh my god. At least the I don't know are good. <laughs> and Monica, yeah, I don't know. Monica, just real quick as you were as you were setting them up for the shark shot. You haven't even had a drink. I know you hit your head on a stop sign when you were sticking it out the window of the limo. Are you okay? Are you re-injured and jumping? Just like the stop sign. Same red. Same red. Same red. Same red. Uh, Okay. All right, let's get another bottle of Patron over here. And where's the candles, man? Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Bring me some candles out or something, dude. Where's Wait, the to put in my butthole? Are you going to put a candle in my butthole? I don't know. Uh, where's the bread? Where's the candles? Where? <laughs> what's the rest of the stuff? Look, it's just Good been a little question. difficult because you ordered 24 different shots for each person at the table. So the mm-hmm. bartender had to pour all of those. And Oh, mine was wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is this pure Cointreau? <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody at the table ordered pure Cointreau. Oh, I'm that sorry, that is mine. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> What's your name? I'm Martella, and I'm Marshall. <laughs> no way! Yeah. Our names start with the same three letters. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Oh my god, I just went to the bathroom and had the sickest idea. Table fort. Let's flip the tables and make it a fort. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right? Like kids. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Yeah. I'm going to try to take a little bit of control here and just take some orders. And I promised my boss that we wouldn't have any repeats of an issue that we happened with mixing parties. Uh, you know, it was already hard to convince her to have one bachelor party or one bachelorette party at Michelangelo's tonight. So mixing two is a little difficult for our other patrons. If we could be a little quieter, a little more respectful of their experiences tonight, okay? Dan, excuse oh. me, could you shut up for a second? I think there's a news bulletin. Hello, it's me. Johnny Galeforce, and I'm here outside of Michelangelo's where the storm of the century is a-brewing. We've got a bachelor and a bachelorette party set to combine, which will create an energetic output of a 5.7. That's right. Stay inside, folks. Back to you inside. Oh my god, 5.7 what? 5.7. Damn, girl, I've never had a connection like this with anybody. Do you want to you want to get married tomorrow too? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Dude. Oh, uh, uh, good. Wait. Wait, who am I talking to? <laughs> Me. It appears the bachelor party and bachelor party are so drunk that they are hooking up with each other instead of intermixing parties. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, thanks for thanks for uh, the report, Gail Force. We're back here in the studio where we are getting reports that even though they mixed parties, the bachelor party is now hooking up with each other, and the bachelor party is doing the same. Now we, of course, are worried about the five point seven. Are people taking note to stay inside their homes, or and are people evacuating uh, over there, Gail 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 Force? <laughs> That's right, uh, Gail Forrest. Uh, you know what? It's thank you so much in studio. Um, it's it's hard to tell at this point. It looks like we're seeing rush of people going to Walmart, buying water, buying rice, hunkering down for the long haul. What what's really dangerous is this thing could explode if they pass a drunk point of no return. Now, was that a rush of people or Russia people, as in Russians? <laughs> That's right. There are people from Moscow rushing on by trying to get. Trying to get supplies. A lot of Muscovites are getting getting in the mix here. Uh, Excuse me. I'm sorry. Can can I get can I get past you guys? I I just I bought all of these candles from Walmart. Can I just can I I know you're doing a news report. Can I slide past? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, miss, can I interview you about what you saw in there? Oh, yeah. Here's what I saw. <clears throat> Kevin was doing a shark shot out of Darren's <laughs> butt, but Darren was making out with Danielle. The reason why that's a problem, Danielle had really hit it off with Kevin's brother, Nick, right before we all took a candle, lit it on fire, and put it at the head of the person who was to our left. Wow. Amazing. Uh, untold devastation and destruction. You're just lucky you got Hey, wait. The candle girl's back. The candle girl's back. <laughs> I got the freaking candles! <laughs> yes! Now we light the place up. Who is this That's guy? <laughs> <laughs> My wife is not until tomorrow. <laughs> My wife. Things have, have gone from, for some doomsday preppers. Things have gone from bad to worse. It appears that one of the women from the party has gone from the fancy restaurant to the Walmart down the street to get candles. <laughs> and it looks like the bachelor is doing yes now, a, an incorrect Borat catchphrase, and then turning it into my wife. That sounds like a <laughs> yes now. My wife is a candle. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. This is destruction unlike we've ever seen before. Gail, I think you might need to get out of there. Oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you so much. I'm going to head back to the studio and just pray to God that this all ends peacefully. Gail, incredibly religious, is always praying at the end of every weather report. And this one is no different. That's right. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, what is your name? Gail? Yes, I'm a man named Gail, like uh, the guy in The Hunger Games. Um, and I'd just like to say, the Lord watches over you as you <laughs> sin in front of him. Oh my God, I love God. I absolutely fucking love the Lord. Oh, Gail, yeah? would you take a body shard shot out of my butt for Jesus? Gail, uh, I would Gail take, don't be sucked I, out. Well, is it Gail, blood of honor. Christ? I'll take the blood of Christ out of your ass. Doesn't make the cup of salvation. <laughs> All right. Let's inside, do it. outside, inside, outside. Ooh, that was a classic. That was an instant classic, folks. <laughs> that must have been really crazy to see in real life. Two unrelated parties fully join and like exponential the energy. Mm -hmm. It must happen constantly in New Orleans, in Austin. <laughs> right. It must be yeah. going on all the time, but right. just we're protected from it. We're, so sheltered. we're sheltered. We're so we are, and I've been learning about the bubble of not being around bachelor and bachelorette parties, <laughs> and how privileged I have yeah. been to not experience that. Right. You talk to people, and it's like you haven't even been around a bachelor bachelorette party together mm -hmm. at the same time. I'm like, yeah, I guess I've had bachelor parties around me, and I've, I've, you know, I did a board game bachelor party for my friends, but never one like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, wow. brutal. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, folks, we have hit that moment that we hit every episode right near the end. It's the end of the episode. That's um, right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it because it's almost over. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, let us know right now and we'll extend it and we'll try to make it better. Uh, but I think you will have enjoyed it. Hillary, is there anything you would like to uh, tell people to look at, uh, aka promote? Oh, I'd like to promote the podcast, You're the Man Now, Dog. Um, I'm going to have an episode coming out today. <laughs> and thank you for listening to it. Uh, that's the end. What if someone gets Wonderful. stuck in a time loop of listening to this episode? Going, go, yeah, I promote it at the end and, like, and listen oh. to it, yeah. <laughs> Good luck, y'all. Um, Zeke, is there anything you'd like to, anywhere you'd like to direct people's attention? Yes, I would love to direct people to a cheesy commercial that Hillary was in. Uh, it's, it's really funny and really good. And the more you watch it, the more money she gets. So uh, <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Everybody watch Hillary's uh, cheesy commercial that Zeke has seen, but Hillary has never shot. So we don't know what the reality is. <laughs> but we are staying open-minded for either one of them to be right yes <laughs> yes we don't know there are, hillary could not know that she did that commercial yeah absolutely there are two sides to every Can we believe my lived experience or Zeke's <laughs> perception of the world <laughs> it's a great question um thanks so much for doing this uh we uh, i i won't speak for ryan but i had i'll say at the time of my life Thank you. I didn't really, I didn't like it that much. All right, one for two. And it ended up, uh, Zeke asked on the email train who we were more excited to do the episode with. Um, mm -hmm. And it ended up working out for me, who I said I was more excited, ended up being the more fun person. Great. All right. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, we always do these nice little reviews at the end. I don't remember who I said. <laughs> um, 
Thank you guys no, so you were much. Both, both so awesome and lovely. Thank you for making the time. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And this was fun. It was nice to see you. Thanks for having us, y'all. Um, yeah. And everybody else out there, thanks for listening again. Patreon.com backslash you're the man now, dog. In September, you get that free mask if you join. Uh, thanks to Casey Trailer for the theme song and Harry Cheskin for the logo. Check them both out online at Tuft Music for Casey and at Harry Cheskin for Harry. Uh, anything else, Ryan? Sounds good. Bless you all. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>